Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts the black effect presents family therapy and i'm your host elia connie Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Holiday, Holiday earnestness, earnestness bonanza, bonanza starts, starts now. now. Wow. Hello, Stradios. Hello, Glamour Girls. And welcome to Stradio Lab Presents, the first annual uh, Holiday Earnestness Bonanza. George, how... What uh, describe what the holiday earnestness bonanza means to you? Whoa, way to put me on the spot. <laughs> to me, the holiday earnestness bonanza means that for the holidays, we are ripping off our masks and dining indoors <laughs> with all of our listeners. We are saying, oh, screw the science. We are saying, you know, just uh, why, why can't people just be people anymore and just have a conversation? Uh, That's my biggest thing with the pandemic is like why can't everyone just be normal for once <laughs> i know it's so sad how much people give power to this whole pandemic it's like just be normal and the pandemic will go away we're brainwashed what is it what's the <laughs> reference oh it's um <laughs> cecily strong being the girl you wish you hadn't started a conversation with at a party where she goes we're brainwashed <laughs> <laughs> wow icon yeah well um well we're quoting snl here on the pod i want to say you know <laughs> we people need to be more um not to be not to be like ross matthews but people need to be more supportive of cecily strong what what do you mean i feel like the the globe is cheering her name the boston globe <laughs> no the the global community no here's the thing i and this is something i could go on about but the way that everyone rallied around the women of SNL in like when we were young, like Maya Rudolph, Amy Poehler, that group, I don't think there is enough of that with the current crop. Well, I also think they got a little bit greedy. I think, hmm. I think they, uh, I don't, not to be too psychotic, but I think they kind of um, started assuming that they would get that praise. Uh, oh, and wow. so th sometimes they take uh, chances on that show that are like, 
oh, you just thought you were going to get applauded for this because you can sing. And I'm really not trying to be mean and i did not come not believe you're doing this (laughs) i did not go into this thinking that i would do this like i love the the ladies of snl like they raised me i just want to say i support women in comedy (laughs) and i think that what we're seeing now is a classic example of of um you know they're the the bar for women being higher. <laughs> Pete Davidson can come out and do an armpit fart. He can be like, "Hey guys, look at this," and it's like, <laughs> I mean, uh, earnestly, you're absolutely mm. right. Sure, um, but I, you know, for let the record show, I don't support Pete Davidson armpit fart either. I, I guess I hold the ladies to a high standard because I I believe in them and I think that they're and that's better. kind of the um. I mean, that's what's difficult about where about being a gay consumer of culture is that because we hold women to such a high standard, uh, we ultimately are setting them up for failure. <laughs> and then when they do fail, we destroy them emotionally. <laughs> that is definitely one of the hard parts about being a gay consumer of culture. Right. And no one talks about how that affects us. I mean, that's literally what the whole It Gets Better campaign was about is like, Look, I know you're holding women to a really high standard. Exactly. And look, I know that that's going to tear them down. And I know how hard that is for you. But the Gets Better project was like, I know you feel guilt about the expectations you set for women in entertainment. But I promise when you get older, you know, <laughs> um, many of them will lose their careers because of you. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not toxic. I, no. I swear, I really am not. I support the ladies, and I, I and I think Cecily deserves the best. I just think, you know, some criticism now and then is not inherently bad, right? Yeah, I guess it's less that they're being criticized and more that they're being ignored. <laughs> <laughs> um, I and guess. that's a wrap on that. <laughs> And that's a wrap on the SNL Roundup, our our weirdest segment so far. I'm sorry, I introduced it. No, I I think we can both agree that we love all the ladies of SNL and we hate all the men on SNL except <laughs> our friend Bo and Yang. <laughs> of course, um, uh, sure, I, I'll I'll run with that. Okay. Um, so what this is, we've. We're here, we're kind of doing that um, time thing that we do where we're recording the intro after recording the episode. Um, so we Hashtag that time thing. <laughs> yeah. But if you're listening and you're doing that time thing, feel free to let <laughs> okay. us know. That time thing is when you do something out of order. <laughs> Hashtag that time thing. Yeah. If you're reading a book and you read the end and then the beginning, yeah. you're doing that time thing. Oh, the other day um, we had uh, dinner and Matthew had his salad after his entree. Hashtag that time thing. <laughs> that is definitely that time thing. That is definitely that feel one that time thing. I love that time thing. Okay, that time thing is iconic. <laughs> <laughs> that time thing is genius. Yeah. Um, but so, uh, yeah, so I think we we did a really good job obviously we're we're with we're we are unable to be critiqued of course yeah um, unlike the women of snl <laughs> we are we the critique put take their critique of us and just move it on over to the uh, studios at 30 rock um we were very earnest but mm. and here's my fear if yeah. i if i can t- talk my fear you should were we funny it, it sort of was that thing where it was like oh like we're doing the thing we said we were gonna do right but is that actually what is are we taking away the thing that makes this podcast interesting and good right well so over and over i mean so the premise of the holiday earnestness bonanza is that we would answer the questions completely earnestly without trying to be funny or be ironic and so in fact you could argue that we took what we know makes the podcast work and said let's do the opposite of that (laughs) without a guess You know how people do those shows or used to do those shows when live shows existed that it was like, get this. It's stand-up comedians trying improv for the first time. Oh, my God. Or like, this show is all like improvisers doing stand-up for the first time. Wait, can I say something? That's that's just one of the things they're bad at. Yeah. But also, remember when it was like comedians 
you know, talk about like comedians read their middle school diaries or like comedians talk about their favorite movie. It's like, I don't care. (laughs) I mean, and this brings up a bigger issue, which, um, you know, it's sort of biting the hand that feeds, but we need to stop putting comedians on pedestals. Yeah, well, I don't. Do we put comedians on pedestals? I think we as a culture do. We as a culture. I think like the, the you know, people will just like s- believe that Chappelle can say anything and it's genius. And Remember it's like, when it, there was a <laughs> you can have flaws. There was one. There was, there was every two years. There's an Atlantic article called why comedians are the new philosophers. <laughs> <laughs> that is my favorite genre or like why comedy is the new punk rock. Oh, my God. I absolutely live for that stuff. I live for it. Because it's like, well, actually, and then the things they cite are literally like, and again, no shade to any of these people who I adore, but it's like Key and Peel and Inside Amy Schumer, the sketches are very clear. (laughs) Either either jokes that are like plays on words or like simple morality tales with jokes. (laughs) They're not. That's not philosophy. (laughs) I mean. Okay, a Greek philosophy gatekeeper, classic George. When I get my own Comedy Central show, it will literally be Greek philosophy. <laughs> and then they'll say, comedians are the new philosophers, and they'll be right. Yeah, exactly. But until then, you know, keep publishing your little think pieces on your Substack. <laughs> you idiots. Who's uh, going to be the next... Uh, no, never mind. Toxic. So... <laughs> Um, the point is we recorded this holiday bonanza. We edited down, um, approximately three hours worth of material into what you're about to hear. And we can't be held accountable if it's not funny, because that's what we, we actually are delivering on a promise. We made a promise, uh, between your ears and God's uh, to be earnest. And we're keeping that. That's what the holidays are about is making a promise with our listeners and with our God. I love when people say, like, that's what the holidays are about. About It's like, honesty, isn't that what the holidays are about? It's like, <laughs> is it? <laughs> like, you can say that about anything. Yeah, yeah. Wow. We're having sandwiches for lunch. Isn't that what the holidays isn't are about? Isn't that what the about? holidays are about? <laughs> oh, my God. I would love a sandwich. I know. I've been doing, as I said before we started recording, I've been getting back into publicity and doing the Nick Kroll voice as Liz on publicity. And people don't know George is a master of accent work. You see this yeah. deadpan comedian and you think, oh, I, I bet he's not a master of accent work. I like water, but I want that sour keats that only yogurt can bring. Woo! He went there. He did it. This is the only podcast where you can hear a Nick Kroll impression. <laughs> God, I God bless um, publicity. And God bless Nick Kroll and his... Um, and you know what? God bless you for sincerely talking about things you like, because as we know, that's absolute social suicide, and yet you're doing it. And I think that's the perfect way to start off the holiday earnestness bonanza. I just want to say, if anyone's keeping track, I, I <laughs> am against Key and Peele and Inside Amy Schumer, but I love Nick Kroll doing offensive drag in Kroll show. <laughs> that is That is what my taste level is. <laughs> Well, I was accused um, by Misha's father this week of um, not liking Mike Myers. And I said, excuse me, Austin Powers raised me. Oh, of course. You know, there's a movement to reclaim Austin Powers as earnestly good. I mean, it's 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 the best. It's so good. It is. I need to rewatch it. Um, I watched the John Waters hairspray the other day. I've never seen. Do you want to hear something insane? I guess. So, you know, um, have you seen like the musical Hairspray? No. Okay. Well, anyway, the the main, there's like a main girl, um, main villain girl who's like conservative and that's who like the Nikki Blonsky character wants to <laughs> beat or whatever. And, and it's like a big role. And in the original, it's this girl and her name and the character's name is Amber Von Tussel. That actress went on to become, get this, vitamin C. No. Yes. Whoa. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. I mean, (laughs) vitamin C is one of the weirdest pop people because we know her. 
She existed. She had some hits. You but... cannot deny that she existed. <laughs> you can nevertheless you... <laughs> she existed. <laughs> you cannot deny that she existed. And yet, where is she? Like right. yet, like she did did she exist? Like part of me is like, was that like implanted, like sort of a Mandela effect? Like we believe she existed, but she didn't actually exist. Right. Well, it always felt like that song came out and was immediately a um a throwback like even the year it came out people were like oh my god remember this song and it's like <laughs> that came out today <laughs> yeah i but I also mean, it's crazy sorry go ahead no no i just remember that song hitting so hard oh I I like, but, wow as we go on we do remember all the times <laughs> yeah but it's crazy to think when she talks about as we go on we remember all the times we had together she's talking about working with experimental filmmaker john waters <laughs> it's literally like you think she's relatable, but she's literally talking about acting with Sonny Bono and Debbie Harry in Hairspray. That's what she graduated from. That's I just wait what she's referring to. Literally, did you know her parents in that movie are Debbie Harry and Sonny Bono? <laughs> That's absolutely insane. It's insane. And then she was just like, I'm a relatable queen. <laughs> I'm going to be just like a normal girl named Vitamin C who exists, but then also doesn't. Oh, and then the best thing about it. <laughs> oh, there's her name is Vitamin C, right? Yes. Guess what the C stands for. Guess what her real name is. Celine. You better believe it's Colleen. No. <laughs> I mean, vitamin Colleen. Vitamin Colleen. That's like, that name kind of holds up. Vitamin Colleen holds up. <laughs> Stay on vitamin Colleen. <laughs> vitamin Colleen. Oh, God. The gay slept on vitamin Colleen. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Okay, we this can't. We need to... Yeah, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just so tired of the, the lazy, lazy gay Twitter thing of being like, gay slept on this and just some random like B pop star from 2003. I know. It's like, it's no, like, they didn't. No, they sleep actually on didn't. Her. Like, they had work. <laughs> they were in middle school and they literally fine. had to send that document. Sorry, we didn't have time to stand Sneaker Night by Vanessa Hudgens. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's- okay, but Sneaker Night is iconic. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in many ways, I agree, but it's it's tough. Um, should we start our Ernest Miss Bonanza? Yeah, sorry, I was just thinking of Sneaker Night. Um, sorry, I was just thinking of Sneaker Night. Well, I think, um, you know, we did a little intro when we recorded it, but I like this one better. Me but too. That one had a very earnest moment to, to oh, kick us off. Sure. And so I'm going to put that in Yeah, starting from there, I think. Okay, that sounds good. And it's an earnest one. So get ready for some earnesty. And strap strap in, because things are about to get a little bit earnest up in here. <laughs> so I just want to point out, you said get ready for some earnesty. Um, that should be, that's that's correct. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Earnesty is the new, like, hateration, holleration <laughs> in this dancery. <laughs> yes, 100%. And it's also the new that time when, or wait, that what, do that time thing. That time thing. Okay, well, hashtag that time thing. Go to the recording. As we go on, we Think out loud. Okay, the earnestness bonanza. I was thinking, we didn't talk about yeah. this ahead of time, should start with some some real, real being earnest, some real sincerity. Whoa. Hey, George. Oh, no. No, don't do this. <laughs> I'm so glad we started a podcast together, Aww. and I feel like I've gotten to know you so much, and we were friends before, and now we're much closer friends, and I think we work well together, and I think our humor complements each other's humor very well, and it's been a pleasure. Well, Sam, well, <laughs> I'll say this. <laughs> I have known uh about your comedy since before i even moved to new york and i remember thinking you were so intelligent and so uh funny and so original when i was still living in trigger warning boston whoa where i was for trigger warning grad school (laughs) and um i well one of the questions we got was how did we meet so i'll leave it for for then but I, i i'm very I, sometimes I pinch myself. No, you know what? See, I already started getting not earnest. All I'll say <laughs> is that I am really, really, I would not want to do this with anyone else. I really, in my heart, believe that um, that this 
this has been one of the things that has kept me going during um, the pandemic and during this terrible nine months we've had. And um, it's something that uh, challenges me. It's something Mm -hmm. I look forward to. And um, I would not want to do it with anyone else. And in fact, um, I never will do it with anyone else. (laughs) Wow. Imagine if two weeks after this came out, I was replaced. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well one of our questions is who would you replace your co-host with well we'll Looking get forward to, that. to your response <laughs> um yeah i and you know i'll say one more thing yeah when I, I at this point matthew has met most of my friends it felt especially special when he met you because wow. it felt like he was meeting uh s- someone who i care a lot about and someone who i whose opinion I respect. And it meant a lot when you said you liked him. (laughs) That's so sweet. Um, Yeah. Well, if I'm being earnest, I'm, I still am worried that uh, he hates me, but that. Are you really? Yeah. I feel like that night I was trying, you know, that thing where you're like, like you're meeting a person who's like important to, you know, and you're like, important globally. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I was, yeah, he's important to you. And I was like, okay, I got to make a good impact. So I was like, and you know, we're, we're desperate for like attention. And so I was like trying to like get him to like really respond to me. And it's like, That's so interesting. Yeah. I didn't of... get that. I, I thought you were being very cool. And I also, you know, you have to remember he has listened to uh, most episodes. I, I, I am, I'm not saying every episode because occasionally I will realize he hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Do you quiz him every Wednesday? No, but sometimes it, it'll, I think I, I would, uh, I would venture to say he has listened to 70 to 75%. Wow. Misha he listens when he goes on runs. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Misha has not listened to a single episode. Is that true? Yeah. Which I think is like, go off. Like, I Oh, respect. me too. I, I told, especially in the beginning, I said I was really like, not into the fact that he was listening. But here we are. But here we are and we're growing. And one we're year like... strong. We just had our one year anniversary. Wow. Congrats. Thank you. That's crazy. All right. Now we are, the earnestness muscles are lubricated. Yeah. And I'm ready to answer these questions with no sense of irony whatsoever. Okay, question one. This is from Daniel. If you guys had to pick one RuPaul's Drag Race queen to be your drag mother, who would you pick? Sam? So I said Alaska. You know, she captures the weird. She captures the glamour. She's funny. She's yeah. she's she's got it all. I love. I would say. I mean, I think Alaska is ultimately my favorite queen overall. I think I have a very distinct memory of watching the All Stars finale where Alaska won in Boston at Katya's home bar, and it was really, really. Like where she used to literally live right above there and perform every night. And it was one of the most depressing nights of my life because everyone there knew her and was clearly so upset. And it started with this like really fun, you know, drag show and all this stuff. And then by the end, people, it was like truly like the part in like a music festival where everyone's like, ripping their armbands off and is like like let's go home um so i i do have a special place in my heart for katya and i like her a lot and also um she is the only drag race queen that follows me on twitter wow congrats one time she tweeted about losa spookies and i was like she's seen me (laughs) (laughs) i see okay so this question is from sonika um okay here are the two questions um mm, what, what is sam's life's okay what is sam's life story i feel like this is a mystery well you should answer that what is my life story um well i was born in charleston south carolina and i moved every two to three years around the midwest and the south i moved follow-up question george yes my follow-up question is do i know why you moved so much my everyone asks was your dad in the military the answer is no he worked in hr for different companies uh and it was just corporate moving around got it um and so small towns in the midwest and south and then i went to college in virginia and then i moved to new york city to be a UCB improviser, realized <laughs> I didn't love it and started stand up. And that's 
uh, and then became a smash success. Okay, follow-up question. Yeah. Where and how did you meet your boyfriend, Misha? Oh, um, Misha and I met at Gay Bar Metropolitan. Um, uh, he was there with his co-workers and uh, brother, gay brother, and I was there with uh, past guest uh, and Stradiolab Universe villain Julio Torres, and... Um, <laughs> Uh, Misha came up to us, uh, his, his, the way he tells it, his coworkers and brother were kind of like, you know, ugh, it's so hard to meet a man in New York city. And he was like, Oh, you babies just go talk to somebody. And then he came up and talked to me and then, uh, th- he talked to us for a moment and then walked away. And then later in the night I was like, where'd that guy go? And then I went and found him and we hooked up and then it was like, wait, who was that? Like, maybe we should keep hanging out. Oh, my God. Hot. <laughs> so it was hot. Is that my life? Does that count as my life story? Did we I think that it? counts. I feel like the two... I think... Um, well, because I talk so much about my my storied past. And um, so it makes sense that, that, that people have gaps when it comes to yours. Yeah. So the second... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. This is still okay, your Okay. So the second question is, what would be a good New, good New Year's resolution for straight people? moisturize oh bitch (laughs) (laughs) um i george do you have a good answer to this um i think this one's inviting you know what actually i have a very i have a very us answer which is that i think the new year's resolution for straight people should be to listen and learn (laughs) oh yeah and i think for straight people uh, there's never been a better year than 2021 to start really living out loud Yes, listen and learn and live out loud. Now you might say, "How is how are those two compatible with one another?" You're 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 already um, start over, bitch. <laughs> you're overthinking it and you're underthinking it. Oh, classic vintage. <laughs> okay, next email. Yeah, this is from Madeline. Um, okay, this one is for George. What shade of blue is best? Uh, okay. <sighs> This is so boring, but I I have to say, I, so I used to dress really horribly, and not that I now dress well, but um, I used to to really just look terrible all the time. And a big game changer for me was realizing that basically I should only buy things that are black, denim, white, or navy. Mm. And so um, I would say my favorite shade of blue is navy. Okay, repressed vibes. <laughs> Literally repressed vibes. <laughs> oh my god! Um, and also that one shade of blue that Meryl Streep talks about in The Devil Wears Prada. Cerulean. Cerulean. Um, okay, second one. This one's for Sam. What are your thoughts on the Iraq War? Okay, my thoughts on the Iraq War are um, check, please. Okay, and then three. These are all from the same email from Madeline. Three for both of you. What do you wish for for Christmas and why? Well, I mean, if I'm being fully earnest, <laughs> my my family lives in in Europe. My mom and my one sister, who normally should be living in Pittsburgh, are both in Athens right now. My Pittsburgh is the Athens of America. <laughs> well, so fans of the pod will know I have two sisters. One is an engineer and one is a in medical school. The engineering one should be in Pittsburgh for her PhD, but in fact is doing it remotely for my mom's apartment in Athens. The other one is in Munich for her med school. And then my dad and my mom are kind of back and forth. And I am not going to get to see any of them for Christmas. So my one Christmas wish really would be to see my family. That is so sweet. Thank you. Oh, my God. Well, also, we when we realized that I couldn't see them, then my sister, my middle sister, who is um, in Greece and should be in Pittsburgh, and I were like, oh, maybe you can just come go to Pittsburgh where you belong, but also come through here and like stay with me for a month. And that'll be like our alternative Christmas is like us together cooking and like hanging out. And then basically like cases got worse, both in New York and in Greece. So now everyone's just stuck where they are. Well, I love you telling your sister, you should go to Pittsburgh where you belong. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What? I mean, that was such a sweet answer. That's not fair. I should have gone first. (laughs) um what do i wish for for christmas and why (laughs) a new job 
Wow. Yeah. And you know what? Let me just say, and I'll talk about this later when someone is, there is a question about my job, but same. Yeah. And finally, a straight shooter, the state or capitalism? My answer would be the state, but not in its current iteration. Yeah. And my answer would have to be capitalism because, honey, huh. we're going shopping. <laughs> this is a bipartisan pod. Wow. Okay. Next question. Okay. My friend and I were wondering, George, do you have a movie that should not be horny and yet is horny to you? A la Sam's relationship with both Chuck and Larry. Oh, that's a really good question. And this is a um, question from Adam. Um, I don't think this is not a this is not an original answer, but not another teen movie like or, or also like American Pie, like movies of that era where the where, you know, Jason Biggs, like fucking the pie is meant to just be played for laughs. It's like, well, that's his dick in the pie. <laughs> no, I and also frankly, Jason Biggs is kind of my type. <laughs> that's hot. Definitely. When someone is so horny that they fuck a pie, that's hot. Like, that's just hot. That's plain, plain and simple hot. Oh, my God. Wait, I've actually, I actually have a very good response to this, which is literally the entire Jackass franchise. Oh, Johnny yeah. Knoxville and Steve are both hot. I mean, and the fact that they're just running around naked, slapping one another. I'm in. I'm in. Wild Boys, that the spinoff mm, show. Yeah. I mean, all they wore were little briefs all the time. Often thongs. <laughs> oh, and also, and again, this is such an unoriginal answer, but all of Borat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Borat yeah. doesn't do it for me, but... Really? Yeah. Also, like, even Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, George, you know they're, like, the same guy, right? No, I know, but I mean, as different characters... Um, Anyway, okay, next question. Next question. This is from Catherine. Um, oh, wait, sorry. I didn't say who was the, the last one. No, was I from said Adam. Yeah, I said. Okay. Um, okay, wait. This is so long. This is so long. Do I have to but read also the whole thing? Okay, I'm not sure if you guys have watched the show The Masked Singer, but I'm having such a hard time gauging the queerness of it. I've always felt like reality shows have a huge place in queerness. Real Housewives, RuPaul's Drag Race, American Sex Top Model, My Own Queer Awakening took place there. The Masked Singer feels like it should be queer in the same way. It has audacious costumes and fun B-list celebrities, but watching it, it feels straight. The only performance in four seasons of the show that I felt like had any queerness to it was Wendy Williams' performance, Camp Excellence. Maybe it is because Robin Thicke is a judge or because anytime a masked performer wears a dress but has a man's voice, they describe the singer as flamboyant and guess that he is Elton John. Whoa. Just completely straight vibes all around. I feel this way about Dancing with the Stars, too, but that is literally a man and a woman dancing with each other, so maybe that is why. What reality shows do you feel are completely straight to you? Huh. Well, I'll say this, and I've never seen the masks. Oh, yeah, here's something funny. When I was at Matthews for Thanksgiving, the, like the football game went right into the mask singer. And I, for whatever reason, I, I was like obsessed with explaining to everyone how the mask singer worked. No one else had seen it. And I was like, well, yeah, so they're each wearing a mask, but then like the, the judges have to guess. And then everyone was like, and then at the end I said something along the lines of like, well, I've never watched it. And then everyone looked at me and they were like, really? Cause you seem to know so much about it. <laughs> uh, but I would say mask singer to me is straight camp. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it's straight camp. I, I I think any network reality show is like pretty like Trumpy, honestly. Like yeah. <laughs> like like Bachelor and Bachelorette. I mean, there are different readings of it, of course, but there's something so Christian about them and yeah. like We're not huge reality show fans as a duo and that, i've only recently started getting into the housewives but after a lot uh, many years of resisting yeah i i i like you know the few like i liked american sex top model growing up and i like rupaul's drag race um but other than that i'm not a huge reality queen mm -hmm. so and i have to say like as much as like i said i have been getting into housewives recently but this like the general movement to be like, actually, reality TV is Renaissance art. I don't like it. <laughs> like, I actually think it is stupid. And you should feel bad if you watch reality TV. Okay, blow the earnestness horn. But I, but I, okay. but I get it. Because when I do, when I, the times that I have gotten into it, which is Vanderpump Rules, 
realized I was in New York and now Salt Lake City. I also I do get into it and I'm like really into participating in the conversations, blah, blah. But I think everyone should maintain a sense of shame about liking those things because they're not good and they're and they're making your brain bad. I mean, yeah, I think the the key takeaway is just maintain a sense of shame. If, as long as you can do that, you're you're I truly I am completely I think if everyone just maintained a proper sense of shame about things, this is how I feel about like superhero movies too. Just like it's okay if you like them. Just know that it's embarrassing. <laughs> we don't have I don't I don't we don't have to elevate everything because you like it so you want to feel less bad about yourself. Right. Okay, next question. Yeah, that was genius. Okay. So this one is from Trev. Uh the the Ooh, with a the, sexy little email address. Ooh, okay. Yummy. Ooh. Ooh la, okay. la The headline or the title or the subject line rather is, is Guy Fieri hot and other musings? <laughs> okay. So he says, longtime listener, first time emailer. Sam, which character and I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry is hottest? And do you find Guy Fieri hot? I would let him literally dip his hand in Thousand Island dressing and fist me. Whoa. Uh, uh, so to answer that question, yeah, obviously Larry is the hottest. Uh, that is, of course, Kevin uh, James. Kevin James. I think Kevin James is deeply hot. I felt this way for a long time, and I stand I have by to it. say, Trev, I do believe you that you're a long time listener, but I do want to say, if you were a real long time listener, you would not be wondering which of the two Sam find the most attractive. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe you're listening, but maybe you're not active listening, if that makes any sense. I think that my homework for Trev is to start really listening and learning. <laughs> Do the work, Trev. Do um, the work. Um, okay, and sorry, there's a, there's a coda to this email, which is... Do, oh, sorry, go ahead. Wait, do I find Guy Fury hot? Oh, yeah. Um, honestly, I think No. I think, which is weird. That's a kind of a weird turn for me. Uh, I think I can work to sexualize him if I want to, but you have to put in the work. (laughs) You have to put in the work. When it comes to sexualizing Guy Fieri, you have to put in the work. But one time Misha went as Guy Fieri for Halloween and it was like a very realistic, you know, RISD costume. And it was like, whoa, this actually is like scary to me and kind of not hot. Uh, Really? Yeah. I thought I thought that was going to go in the opposite direction. No, it, it really didn't do it for me. I mean, maybe maybe I've grown and I've learned and I've listened. So maybe mm. maybe now I, I could turn that into some sort of fucked up role play. But it was not um, four-ish, five-ish years ago. Well, Sam, my homework to you is to try really hard to turn Misha dressing as Guy Fieri into fucked up role play. If you want to put your money where your mouth is. <laughs> okay, be great note. <laughs> oh wait no there is Look, so he says part. this is still trev also i also watched chuck and larry when it came out because i wanted to see chuck and larry have sex wow it's part of growing up to be into bears culture according to trev mm. the movie wild hogs with john travolta had some very homoerotic scenes by the way <laughs> if you're looking to add to the Stradio lab movie list trev i just want to say thank you so much i'm gonna check out the film wild hogs now and and we're gonna i'm we're gonna discuss okay next question Ooh, je m'appelle okay je m'appelle ladies je m'appelle jessica my question for you and maybe also a guest you wish you wish just us baby is oh this is a good one how do I tell my parents apart? <laughs> They're both just old and grumpy and straight, so I always get confused. Thanks, Jessica with a Y. I think this question is so beautiful. It really is. Um, I'm trying to think how would... I'm thinking about my, my parents. Okay, so both of us... Sam, your parents are heterosexual and married? Correct. Okay, as are mine. And I'm trying to think if I had to t- tell them apart if I had to find like a heuristic to use in order to tell them part what it would be. Um, and I do think, well, my mom smells, my mom uses a lot of kind of like um, nice beauty products. So she always smells good. She also has gorgeous blonde hair. My dad on the other hand is bald and smells neutral. <laughs> yeah. I would say a cool test to say, um, what can I get you to drink? And yeah. if they say wine, then it's your mom. And if they say, um, I'll go make the drinks, then it's your dad. Ooh, yeah. Okay. So our three answers are smell them, l- notice their hair, <laughs> and ask them for a drink. Yeah. Uh, next question is, 
Hello, knowing that this podcast is NYC gay comedy centric, how do you feel about international listeners? It's odd listening all the way from the mid east, but as you know, straight culture has no borders. Uh, this is from Farah. Well, Farah, I mean, I think it one of the, we can see our um, a little peek behind the curtain is when we use our uh, the platform on which we upload our our. Our episodes, we can see kind of where our listeners are. And in fact, we have a lot of international listeners in the Middle East, but also in but also Europe and Australia and Africa and many other places. And um, as you said, straight culture doesn't have any borders. Which is honestly shocking. When people are listening in anywhere that isn't the borough of Brooklyn, I'm I'm in shock. I do wish I have to say, Farah, if you want to send a follow-up email, I would love to know where specifically in the Middle East you are. Because in my mind, I'm like, if I were to tell someone, oh, you, hello from a listener in, I wouldn't say in North America, you know, I would say from New York City, greatest city in the world. <laughs> the Big Apple. The Big Apple. The city that never sleeps. Even. I would love to know where exactly in the Middle East you are. And um, I would also say... And also just go ahead and send your address. We'll, we'll dox your yeah, ass on can here. Can you just please send us your address and we will dox you live on air. <laughs> Next question. Um, this is a straight shooter, um, from our good pal, Daniel, um, peace on earth or goodwill toward men. This is a really tough one. How can you have one without the other? Yeah. Are they mutually exclusive? We'll see. We're already losing at our own game because we're asking follow-up questions. Oh my god, it's so hard it's to be so on the hard. other side. It is so okay. hard to be on the other side. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, peace on earth. I mean, I have to agree with you because the men feel so gendered right now. Yeah, no, I don't. This is not about um, <laughs> gender. In fact, next question: Iconic. What are the sexualities of email domains? Is Gmail straight or lesbian? My friend and I are in an argument about that one in particular. Hmm, I've always seen gmail as like sort of like the straight guy who works in marketing like he dresses like well but plainly yeah but he is still straight i think outlook is lesbian yes absolutely and also we should say this is from claire so i think outlook is lesbian gmail is straight straight but like works in tech and yahoo mail is a gay man that lives in chelsea Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I don't need to change. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Same person. Do you even like making this podcast? <laughs> is it going the way you anticipated? Since this is such a meta podcast, do you even consider that you have fans? And if so, what is their perceived relationship to all that the podcast is? What part do they play in the cinematic universe of Stradio Lab? That is an incredible question. Incredible question. Um I mean, earnestness first. Uh, I do like making this podcast. I also like making it. It is going, I'd say, better than I anticipated. Yes, I would say it's going better than I anticipated. I think we are... um, I think what happened with the podcast, and correct me if you think I'm wrong, is like, at first we had no expectations. Then I feel... And we, in fact, recorded a few episodes that were like... That we thought we weren't being so funny and... And we ended up not releasing them and we were like still trying to find our stride. But then when we recorded the episode with Marsha, our first episode we released, we really were like, oh, this is what this is supposed to be. Like we, this is the vibe. Like we're going to be like a little bit mean to each other. We're going to be like a little meta. We're going to be like a little stupid. And as soon as we got on a roll, then my expectations of it suddenly became really high so that I'm now very strict with myself when I think I'm not being funny. And there are many episodes that I think I'm not funny in and um yeah we have called each other after the podcast recording and been like wait was i good i suck yeah. i suck right there was one in particular where we really like Beat both were up. feeling really bad about it afterwards and had like a heart to heart and i think um I, you know i think some episodes are better than others but i do think the reason i have high expectations of it is because i know we can be good and, and often are uh and what is our perceived relationship to the fans? I guess I'm surprised there are... I am surprised there are fans. I'm happy when, like, we are funny. That's my goal. Um, as we stated in the Julio episode, very pitifully. Um, but, yeah. 
I think I hope that I think they're in on the joke in a bigger way than I expected. Yeah, I think I I think it's always it's always a nice surprise when people seem in on the joke. Okay, this one is from Christian. Hi, Sam and George, longtime listener, first time emailer. Despite how much of a joke podcasts have become as a medium, do you both think there is a viable future in audio-based mediums? Do you support Dominic Petman's claim that audio-based mediums provide an impersonal intimacy that visual mediums simply do not offer in an age where we are inundated with images? Best Christian. Wow. I'm unplugging my microphone. I'm walking out the door. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> I think that um I think that's so much of what we try to do on this podcast is in fact uh <laughs> wait imper- is in fact make fun of the tropes of podcasting and um and audio mediums but in terms of whether there's a future or not I would say we are currently in a huge podcast bubble um very similar to what the blogosphere looked like in like the early 2000s and basically within at least within at most one or two years you know there will only be like three or four companies that have all the podcasts and most of them will be hosted by celebrities you wanted a takedown of the podcast industry you got one bitch (laughs) don't ask an intellectual question if you can't handle the answer um okay this is from ben uh, it seems like you unceremoniously replaced Mix Emma with the concept of Glamour Girls. <laughs> Did you have a falling out? How does Mix Emma feel about being replaced? Huh. huh. Mix- but then Ben signs it, love the pod, a Glamour Girl. Well, in many ways, um, Mix Emma was a little exclusive because there's only one Mix Emma. Mix Emma. But Mix Emma is a Glamour Girl. Yeah, and I think, like... We opened up the circle to include everyone, even you, Ben. Now that Glamour Girls are listening to the podcast, the sky's the limit. And I do want to say, Mix Emma was uh, conceived of as a concept by former guest Celeste Yim, current SNL writer, because of their appearance on this podcast. And um, whereas Glamour Girls was created by us, so it feels more personal. <laughs> but I actually don't feel I actually love Mix Emma and wish we could them back and also uh celeste did um technically uh buy the rights to mix emma so we are not allowed to mention mix on this podcast at all celeste got their job on snl because they literally like sent in the episode of straight lab where they created mix emma to lauren michaels and then lauren michaels was like this mix emma thing is the most smart thing i've ever seen in my life yeah and then celeste pulled a a david s pumpkins and was like any questions (laughs) (laughs) okay what this is from george uh and this is from both george and ted okay so that's actually really confusing i don't know how they started a thread around us Um, okay i say one thing this is from this is two emails from the same email address literally the same email address one of them though says george and one of them says ted this is this is a mystery and oh but i have an update both of them are signed ted this is actually like freaky crazy (laughs) like i'm freaked out like did you i just felt like a chill go down my spine i kind of think it's iconic if you can't decide whether your name is george or ted i love it because they're not like related like george and ted are like very different names yeah huh maybe it's a a married gay couple that shares they're so monogamous that they share an email address okay well if this is going out to the gay couple of george and ted uh i now pronounce you george and ted (laughs) um okay so their question is what role would you play in a train hijacking answer for each other so as in, and then the follow-up email says, Sam, what role would George play if you were to find himself a passenger in a train that had been hijacked? And George, what role would Sam play? Okay, so Sam, do you want to go first? Oh, okay. Um, sure. Well, George obviously um, is some sort of uh, first-class train rider. He's He's got his own sleeper uh, car, and uh, he's got a monocle and a top hat and he's um, writing a memoir and the people uh, pop in and uh, take him hostage. You are the one they take hostage for. Oh, I'm the hostage. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, okay. <laughs> the, mm, okay. I think, I think, Sam, you would not get involved and kind of like find a place to hide while it's all happening. Wow. That is iconic. And that is true, actually. This one is from Daisy. She says, we'd like your help. We are two funny friends who want to start a podcast. Any tips? How do we make it good? Babe. Wait. Oh, my God. Now no. it's signed. Did you see and Ted. <gasps> is this the same Ted of Ted and George fame? So Ted has left George and is now with Daisy trying to start a podcast. Wait. This is for Ted, George, and Daisy. Ted? Okay. Wait a minute. Oh my God, Sam. Is it the same email address? It literally is the same person. Because if you see who Daisy CC'd, it is the email of the previous person. <gasps> I just felt a chill go down my freaking spine. This is not funny. This isn't funny. This is actually um, elevated horror. Who's doing this? <laughs> <laughs> Who's hey, doing this? My, Stop. You know here's my advice to Daisy and Ted and or George. Start a podcast that explains what exactly your identities are and what your relationship to one another is. This is a true crime podcast starring all three of you. And to the two of us. And even us. Or guests on it. If you start a podcast that is about <laughs> who, why George and Ted both have one email and also now you cc'd george on this email but signed it daisy and ted <laughs> i promise you I, I swear to god this is true i will guest on that podcast wow and that's the question next okay this is this is the one we've all been waiting for how did george and sam first meet were there instant sparks or was it more frenemy vibes i do remember do you remember um no i don't okay, i can yeah please go so we first met at uh, a show called stevie that sam used to run with past guest marcia belsky and drew anderson i was booked on the show by drew anderson and that's where i met sam but i very distinctly remember that i bombed that show mm. so the first time sam saw me, i did really poorly on stage um i remember that i also remember well because drew and sam were both people i kind of like knew of but had never met and I wanted to like impress them because I was new to New York. This was over three years ago. And um yeah, and I bombed. I remember our friend Blair Saki was there and I bombed first and she was like, oh wow, like the audience like is really tight. And then she got up and absolutely crushed. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Was that when it was at Our Wicked Lady? Or was yeah. it at you okay. Yeah. Yeah it was at Our Wicked Lady. That was a weird show. Like there were like it would be like hits and misses. Wait, do you know what else? That was the show that my ex came to with his co like straight coworker. And so his straight coworker was just watching me bomb with gay material. It was actually oh. a very dark, very dark night. Well, I'm sorry. I um no, but I but I will say I knew of Sam before I met him. I was very like How can I ask how? Yeah, through Twitter. Oh, interesting. Um I'm pretty sure, yeah, I had I'd followed you before moving to New York, um, and I was, yeah, I was, like, excited to meet you, and then I booked you on my show, and in fact, I still, I think you did fine, but I do remember when you did my show, that was also a really bad night for our show. Wait, Like, what? that was one of our worst attended, I used to host a show called Living For It um, in Bushwick, and <gasps> when you did it. With, with, with Anya? Anya Vol yes oh my god there were like four people there yeah it was like a and that it was after we had had like a few weeks in a row where it had been like a full house and then when the night you did it there were truly like four people <laughs> and you were also trying to do like music like you needed an audience for the things you were yeah. doing i had fun though i remember like having fun no, it was totally fine i i actually remember that's when i've i think that was like i feel like we were like that was the first time we like hung out yeah we chatted yeah and that i so i had forgotten that that was your show because i had done like anya's other show that same week 
and th- it was also lightly attended and they were really like apologetic both times and i was like it's totally fine but they <laughs> it became like a thing where it was like yeah you could see like they were embarrassed and i was like i fully get it i have put on many a show that is lightly attended and yeah uh, no i know it's honestly one thing i don't miss about pre-covid new york uh, yes queen um uh instant and i would also to this question i would say there were not instant sparks i would say it was very gradual yeah yeah i mean i will say i i think and correct me if i brought i think we both hopefully liked each other's comedy at least yeah um i also think our comedy is different enough that neither of us feel threatened by the other which is important yeah i think that's true um yeah i also think i'm I, I'm not, uh, you know, I think I, I'm not a huge astrology queen, but I am kind of cancer vibes. I, I Are you cancer? I'm a cancer. You're a cancer too. I'm a cancer too. When I meet people, I feel like I'm like, I do have my little shell on. And I oh, think me too. it me takes too. me a little bit to warm yeah, up. Yeah. No, definitely. Okay, Graham. Um, Graham says, what about straight culture do you see being ironically adopted by the queers in the near future? Oh, that's a really good question. Oh, that's genius. And then the second one is what about straight culture? So the question is, <laughs> yeah, what which parts of straight culture are going to be ironically adopted by queers and which parts of queer culture are going to be ironically appropriated or adopted by straights? I think we're already starting to get into like goatees being like hot for queer men. Yeah, yeah. Uh which I I unfortunately do find hot. I I don't want to do really. I, I don't find them fashionable, but I find them like hot. Okay, but because don't you like, prefer like a full beard? I prefer it all, honey. I okay. <laughs> I like like a goatee. Really feels like okay. You are my like teacher freshman year of high school, and like yeah. I'm your little student, and uh, like put on some khakis and let's do it. Okay. I mean, I have to say one thing that's coming back and it, this has been a long time coming, but it feels very, I'm a, I'm of two minds about it is Uggs are coming back fully. Yes. And I think it really is one of those things that it's so crazy to now have lived through it fully twice. Yeah. I feel kind of crazy. It, it feels strange, especially because like maybe the ironic uh, the ironic uggs already happened like how many times have uggs gone in and out even ironically i, I can't think about it we could measure time through uggs and then and then the other it's or like how many times cuz now people are starting to dress like prep school students again which also already happened there's something about the how it all happens like clockwork that's very sinister to me <laughs> and it's also very like i'm sorry but it's very top down it's not it's not like the people started wearing like it someone decided uggs are good again oh it's 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 evil for sure also what of what queer thing will be adopted by this by straight people i have an answer at least for men i think like mesh oh yeah i think mesh is going to be a straight thing in the it's going to be yeah in the coming years I mean, I have to say my answer is literally homosexuality. <laughs> like I ha- I read about how TikTok, like literally yeah, straight TikTok that. stars, a whole thing is that they like make out with each other and like pretend they're gay as a as a not as a joke in the way that it's bad, but as like a as like a a kind-hearted joke or whatever. Right, right. And so I think that um and this is nothing new, like there's a there's literally like a book about straight men who have sex with one another, which I now can't remember what it's called. But I do think literally straight men are going to have start having sex with one another. This is a question from Sarah. Uh, is there a piece of culture not trying to invoke the lost culture does universe here that is purely straight? My mind wanders to a Sean Mendez or a Pixar's Onward, perhaps as fatherly affection is almost certainly absent from the community as a whole, aside from a stray Stanley Tucci type. Thoughts? Mm-hmm. Looking forward to hearing your input. Is there... Yeah, this is difficult because when things are... You know, you want to say, you know, football. But then, of course, there is such a queerness to hyper-masculinity. So you basically have to find the most down-the-line, bland thing you can think of. I'm thinking, like, home ownership. 
Yeah, that's true. But you know what, though? Homeownership, then I'm immediately jumping to like an architectural digest feature, and that's gay. Yeah, but part of me, like, <laughs> you're you're 100% correct, but the architectural digest feature is like, do they even really live there? Or did they like, right. you know, did they like buy, is that like their vacation home that they like buy to spruce up or like? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, okay. I would say, sorry, go ahead. I'm I'm reflecting, like thinking thinking smaller, like an carpet, open house, an open house. Yes, yes, an open house with like, and then the realtor has baked freshly baked cookies, and mm -hmm. then she kind of pulls someone aside, and she's like, "I always bake cookies because it makes it smell like home." <laughs> and on top of that, I want to just say the state of Ohio. Yeah. That's true. I mean, I'm sure there are gay people there, and I love them, and I think they're so beautiful and strong, but the state of Ohio, to me, is like the straightest place on earth. I'm Googling gay people from Ohio. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, who who's gay there? I can't even say. Like, a dark news story came up. <laughs> <laughs> Zero results found. Um, okay. Well, next question. Next question. This is from Alex. Who do you think is the father, son, Holy Ghost, and Pope of the Sex and the City Girls? Whew. Um, wow. I mean, I do think Carrie is father. Unfortunately, Carrie has to be father. I think, I think Miranda's the son. See, I would say Miranda's Pope because like business, she's like a business bitch. <laughs> That's true. And then... I think I, I would, would say Pope is Charlotte because it's like turning it into like, you know, a, a an organized religion rather oh, than like yes. a, a spirit. Yes, a narc. Yeah. So Charlotte is Pope. Uh, Miranda. Why would Miranda be son? I just feel in relation to the father, like if Carrie's the father, then like the, the like Miranda's like her closest friend. So I was sure. thinking okay. like Miranda. I mean, Holy Ghost is 100% Samantha. So we were <laughs> in agreement there. Okay, that's fine. I'm ha I'm satisfied with that. Okay. Next. <laughs> oh, God. Um, okay, you have to read this one. <laughs> this question's from Ron, um, which, of course, it is. Uh, and it is, the question is, can I get a solid 30-second solo audio of Sam giggling? It's so hot. Um you know, I will say of the, of the George and Sam stands, the Sam stands are hornier. Yeah. And you know what? I would like to say it would not kill you to be a little horny for me. <laughs> Maybe if you'd shut your trap about libraries and pieces of art for one second. If there's one theme in these questions, and we haven't gotten to these ones yet. It's like everyone wants to know like what I studied in grad school, and then everyone wants to see Sam's hole. <laughs> okay. I'm going to start the clock. 30 seconds. And that's all you get, you perv. Wow. Oh, my God. Everyone, Ron is jerking it to this 30-second uh, clip. Wow. That was hard. That was. I cannot believe you pulled that off. Thank you. Okay. This is from... I'm a somewhat new listener, so excuse me if this topic has been covered. But in response to your request for holiday questions, I was just wondering how big <laughs> your dicks are. <laughs> wow. Wait, wait, wait. We must unpack that turn. Maybe that... expand. I just, I, there's more. <laughs> wait, can we start? Can we uh, close reading of this text? Yeah. I am a somewhat new listener, so excuse me if this topic has been covered. <laughs> Respectful, thoughtful, <laughs> that, quiet. But in response to your request for holiday questions, business, that's businessy, that's almost, oh, that's, that's bordering on legal speak. But in response to your request for holiday questions, I was just wondering how big your dicks are. Your dicks are <laughs> dot, 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 I guess. <laughs> I've, I've written you a formal email to ask, how big are your dicks, I guess? So... 
I just want wait. It, it, it continues. Maybe expand on how you may think your cock size is related to any form of humor and how it. Well, I think this is a, a typo, but how your style unfolds with that type of energy, comedy, etc. Dot dot dot. I guess. And then he says, "Soft and hard, please. Don't use my name." Oh fuck. Oh, we'll, sorry. Be, we'll, be, we'll believe it. We'll believe it. We'll believe it. Um, don't use my name. It's private. Thanks. And keep up the great work. I love the pod, regardless of girth and overall prowess. The dry, ironic humor is everything, and don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Only reply with nudes. From Denver Size Queen. Huh. Okay, well, to me, this is a very bizarre question. You know, I love all our, I love all our glamour girls equally, um, but I feel as though I don't want to answer this question. Huh. And that is me being earnest. Yeah. And and mostly because um it's weird. Wow, that's that's a great question. I wasn't expecting that question. Hello, this is future George and Sam. Hello. Um uh we hope you're enjoying the holiday Ernest's Bonanza so far. Um, so we've been given roughly 1 million questions and we are editing it down. Um, so guess what? Biatch, <laughs> this is part one. And yeah, part you're two, getting an extra episode this week. Of an, another whole helping of earnestness coming on Thursday. Yeah, so, another whole helping spelled with an H. Yeah, because it's whole based. Um, so uh, buckle up. I've said that, I think I've said that a hundred times. I think it's so funny to pretend like this is like a rough and tumble uh, series we're doing. So get ready for some raw earnestness action uh, coming to you on Thursday. We have been <laughs> we, we have recorded so much. We've recorded for this is this is earnest. We've recorded we've recorded for four hours. Four hours, and it's like we. Yes, we should have like picked questions before we went into this and like sort of streamlined this whole process, but we believe in answering every single person's question and then cutting it out of the recording later. And that's what we believe. Yeah, and we believe in getting literal brain damage in order to make our listeners happy by <laughs> responding to their questions about how big our dicks are. And we got that brain damage, baby. We have it now, and you have it too. Welcome to our world. Um so um that's it, it we we'll see you on thursday we'll we both see you on need thursday. to take a nap goodbye goodbye bye love you love you bye